Quite the Thing Media, we aim to bring you the best podcasts produced by independent creators, made without constraints. Hi everybody and welcome to Quite the Interview from Quite the Thing Media, where I speak to independent podcasters, creators, industry leaders, creative thinkers and plenty of others in between letting them tell their story without constraints basically and joining me today is Becca Bet sorry Becca Atkinson how are you? I'm good thanks for having me. Yes not a problem not a problem I suppose I start at question one normally uh, with my podcasters yeah it is, it is the best place to start for sure but this is going to be slightly different um, we're not going to go um, cover all of the questions that I normally cover with independent podcasters because I think you've got more of a more of a story to tell, Becca. But I will start with number one, which is what is your podcast? How did it come about, and how long have you been doing it? So the podcast I host is called The Unashamed Alcoholic, and I started that about seven months ago. I launched it in so well started preparing it and doing it in October of 2020 and then launched the first episode the beginning of November of 2020. So the the podcast, it's kind of a self-explanatory title in a, in a way, The Unashamed Alcoholic. So I'm an alcoholic and, and I no longer wanted to keep that a secret, really. I mean, I told people uh, that I was, you know, in a in small, very small circles and um, that sort of thing. But it was that word that wasn't really used, you know, I'd say I don't drink or I'm sober, whatever. And, but it was never, I'm an alcoholic. And I got to a point where I just thought, well, I want to be able to say that word. So um, the podcast kind of came about through a few different things, but the ultimate goal of it is to talk openly about something that isn't spoken openly about, you know, addiction, recovery, alcoholism, sobriety, even. And I have conversations with people who are well-known and sober. So kind of using their platform to get the the word out a little bit more. Yeah. Alcoholism is something that is quite close to my heart as well. My dad was an alcoholic, mm-hmm. although I only ever seen him drunk twice mm-hmm. in my life. Mm-hmm. And I suppose that kind of gets us on to the fact that once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic, is that, well, I know it to be true. Um, like I said, my dad was an alcoholic, only ever mm-hmm. seen him drunk twice. Mm-hmm. And I could see why he didn't drink, like a horrible person with a drink in him. Mm-hmm. What, what was the turning point? Was it a specific turning point or was it sort of spread over years and years and years before you thought, right, that is it? Yeah, the definitely little markings through, you know, my 20s uh, that was like, oh, I drink differently than other people. You know, people don't have to drink. Um, people would just drink on the weekend. And I was drinking, you know, when I was start, started, a, you know, your first job and you move out and you're living on your own. I was drinking weeknights because like, why wouldn't you? And I noticed that other people didn't. And then I noticed in my closer to my thirties and and starting there that the partying was less, but I was still drinking every day and I couldn't not drink. And so the little something was chirping in my head a little bit, like a little, a little bird going like, this isn't normal. Like you should be able to not drink or you shouldn't be thinking about it all the time. And I started to try to moderate it, which (laughs) is a bit of a red flag. And 
I would join like online, you know, forums, never told anyone and never could come to the idea that I, you know, I should be an AA or I should be, I was an alcoholic because like, I couldn't be, I couldn't be, you know, that. So kind of just joining little like online groups of women who are trying to control their drinking when I was in my early thirties. And then when I had my kids and then suddenly that was a priority along with drinking, it was like, okay, now I can't do both of these. And so that's when it really kind of hit the, the peak of like, this is taking up too much space in my brain. Yeah, for sure. Now, if I have got my maths right, which I hope I have, you are coming up for four years sober in yeah, July. In July. Is that yeah, right? exactly. Okay. My my on my birthday, I made it a a big a big marking point that I wouldn't forget. <laughs> and was that was that something that you you chose to do? You said right on my birthday, done. And, yeah, and that, I, and I think I wanted a, a a meaningful date, right. um, and I don't know, like you know, I think it's easier when you're quitting something to put a date to, you know, make it a meaningful date. I knew a month before, um, in like by next week, four years ago, I knew that I had to stop drinking today actually is the anniversary four years ago that my grandmother died. And a week later, it was after her funeral that I woke up and was like, take this away from me. Like, I can't do this anymore. Like I, I looked up and I said, God, take the obsession away from me. So then it was another month before I actually stopped. But I knew that, you know, a month, a month before that, like that, this has got to stop. I don't know why I waited and I tapered my, I don't, I don't think I tapered it off or anything. I think it was just had it in my mind. Let's, let's do the 18th of, of July. And what support did you, did you engage with? Was it, did you go to A? How long was your first yeah. meeting roundabout? Not right off the about? beginning. No. Um, no. Because I still couldn't, it wasn't, I was an alcoholic even then, you know, it's funny. I look back on that date, uh, you know, the month leading up to it, the going back, um, to, from July to August, I think October, I didn't do anything. Like I didn't get help. Like I go, I didn't have any support. I mean, I think I told people I sparingly, you know, because you didn't want to like announce it to everyone and then not stick to it. Um, but I didn't go to AA until like the, um, the, uh, probably the uh, September, October, I think. And because someone else I knew who had stopped drinking was like, I'm doing this, you should come with me. So I was like, oh, okay. But even then when I went and I say this all the time, my first meeting, I was like, Oh God, I can't, I can't say it. Like I'm not an alcoholic. I'll just say it. Cause everyone else here is saying it, I guess, whatever. But even then saying it, I had stopped drinking for a few months at that point, I'm in an AA meeting and I'm still having trouble saying that I'm an alcoholic, <laughs> which isn't unusual. That happens to a lot of people, but yeah, even so it goes to show like there is still a level of like fear and shame and denial at that point. Yeah. I think denial is a big one. Um, I've never, I know alcoholics, um, I know people who have been sober 10, 15 years, I know people that have died because of addictions. So is it admitting is the first step? How long did it take you? Do you remember when you admitted it out loud to who was the first person you told? Yeah, you know, I don't, it was would have been a room full of people that I right, first okay. said it to, but I don't remember when I first believed it. Um, it probably would have taken probably a few meetings. Um, but that was the first step was really starting to say it. And, and even if it was in a closed room where I 
kind of, you know, was still embarrassed and ashamed and all this stuff. And then I started to, um, I had like an email that I would send every celebration month, you know, on that date to very close family and friends. And in there at some point around, um, so it was July to August, probably around my three month mark, maybe two weeks after going to my first meeting, I told everyone that I was now part of this program and whatever, because it was starting to feel like it was meant to be. And this was the right thing. So, you know, I think I, I kind of said it by email <laughs> to some family at first, but never, you know, I don't re- remember when I first started saying it out loud. It was only within the last year. So just before the podcast <clears throat> that I started to feel comfortable saying that word openly. And I've started to do that, you know, in the past few months more using the word alcoholic, not just, I don't drink. Yeah, that is, it. It has its, it has its connotations and we do sort of live in a society now where we are destigmatizing a lot of um, things surrounding addiction, mental health, and mm-hmm. it, it's good to be open, of course it is. You, you did mention something that I think might be quite common, that you told lots of people that you weren't going to be drinking. Was that a conscious effort to, like, almost... In, not embarrass yourself into not drinking, but you didn't want to let people down and you wanted yeah. to make sure as many people knew as possible. Is that a, a tactic? Yeah, I mean, the accountability is part of it for sure. But I think like, um, I think it was more, I was, I reached a point where after like, you know, a few weeks I was proud of it and I knew it was the right thing. I knew I was getting away from a fur further and further away from the danger zone, I guess of, of, you know, drinking again and and by being able to take accountability for it and then being part of the program was was huge and that I was seeing the the benefits and the other the other side of it you know it's not just taking alcohol out it's suddenly starting to work on yourself and all these other parts of your life that you have ignored for so long so I was actually Half, you know, becoming kind of happy. And they say that, you know, kind of on a pink cloud for a little bit because you're, you know, you're everything's so good. And like, you know, you're realizing things are, you know, so much better without it. So I, you know, I felt I was genuinely proud of myself. So I wanted to share that with people. Um, we all be at a very small group of, you know, I'd say six people that I was t- talking to at that point, like telling, sharing this progress. Yeah. Well, you decided to take that jump and go into a massively public forum with a podcast <laughs> i think you recently just reached ten thousand downloads so well done for that that's great thank um, you it's a nice round number um it <laughs> really is it's, it's nice to it's nice to get there mm-hmm. i suppose the, the simple question is why uh, why go into such a public forum yeah well be really because it was a public forum um right. i s- publicly said I was an alcoholic um, on a local radio show because I attached my name to something I had anonymously written last March, like in 2020. And I, in September, I came forward and said, you know what, I'm not going to be anonymous about this anymore. And I put my name to it, wound up doing an interview for a local morning radio show. And then after that, I was like, well, now what, you know, (laughs) that felt good, but there's more, there's more to this. Like, I don't want to just have said this and that's it. And I somehow in the the following two weeks, I came up with, well, maybe a podcast is a good way to do this. Okay. But what, you know, I I don't want to just talk me the whole time. There's only so much many episodes you can tell your own story. So 
I thought, well, maybe I could, you know, use this to chat with people who are famous or well-known or whatever you want to say it, who are open about their sobriety, because we can show that it can affect anyone. This will be a good way to to reach a lot of people. Um, That sounds like it might be a fun, interesting idea. And that's kind of just how it started. But yeah, it was definitely a went from like not talking about it at all, (laughs) very public about it. But that was really the point. I hadn't talked about it for so long because the word is so stigmatized. And I was embarrassed and ashamed to use it and thought, what will people think of me? And then I got to the point where like, I don't care anymore. I like me. I'm going to use this. I'm going to take that word back and I'm going to change the way we see it. And that's really what the podcast is about. Yeah. One of the questions that I do ask podcasters is how has your podcast changed and evolved? I noticed there was a couple of people. um, I'm obviously from Scotland. I'm not big into NHL or NBA, but there's a couple of former players that you've had on. Yeah. Did they struggle with alcoholism? Is that what? Yeah. So with them and were they happy to do it and share their story as well? Yeah. Everyone has, you know, I mean, everyone who I've talked to has a fairly big following. Like it's, um, you know, everyone who I've interviewed are known for share for being open about their, you know, they're known because they're on a TV show or they're an author or they're, uh, they were a, a, you know, a former NBA or, or NHL player. Like that's really my target guest, um, who I reach out to. And so, yeah, the, the Theo Fleury was a NHL player and he was, um, uh, addicted to, uh, drugs and uh, was an alcoholic or is an alcoholic. Um, and Chris Heron, same, very similar story. Um, both of them, a big part of their lives now is sharing their story. So I've found that that's, you know, it, it's, an, it's a good topic. <laughs> you know, it sounds funny. It's a good topic to talk to people about because they're willing to share their story now because they know that sharing their battles and their, what they've overcome and in, in, in their recovery only help someone else so they're most of the time people are more than willing to come on as a guest and talk about this was it purely alcohol with yourself or well drugs involved at any point were you yeah once I mean, you've got I that smoke- addictive personality then it can keep into other parts of your life obviously becca yeah, yeah um nothing that was as um obsessive and and consuming in my mind that than alcoholic I smoked weed for a number of years and but I at one point you know not that long ago obviously before I stopped drinking but I stopped doing that because I was I just didn't like the way it was reacting with my body anymore but that was fine I could stop that like there was no problem stop it was like a bad habit um but alcohol was in my mind you know, this obsession of like, when will I drink? How much do I have left? When, you know, will anyone comment on it tonight? How much is in the fridge? Where did I buy? It was just this never ending, like, you know, uh, roller coaster and cycle of like thinking about drinking. So it's, you know, that's a big misconception. It wasn't how much I was drinking. I wasn't drinking before work. I wasn't throwing up every night. I wasn't getting blackout drunk. I was just always thinking about drinking. Any advice for people looking to get into podcasting then like you you had your story you wanted to tell and share that what about other independent creators that want to sort of take that jump 
Yeah. Uh, you know, make sure that it's something you're really interested in that you really like to do, you know, I, uh, that you have a passion to talk about. Um, I mean, it sounds so basic, right? Like then simple. And like, that's the first thing you should be doing, but it really needs to be sustainable in some way. You have to want to talk about the same thing over and over and over. Right. Um, and, and if you're not like, well, what's the plan? Like, you know, to make a bit of a plan for the first three months, six months, year, whatever, like what, where do you see this going? Because kind of doing it haphazardly might be easy for you, but like then your audience, you might lose audience because it's not predictable or the topic changes or whatever. So to have like a sort of a, a set plan of what, you know, what your episodes are going to be like, who you want to talk to, are you going to do guests, that sort of thing, do, you know, I mean, I'm a big planner, so I did, did that, but, you know, to make sure that what you're talking about interests you personally as, as the podcaster, because otherwise it's, it's not going to be sustainable. Yeah, I suppose that's a little bit of a crossover here then, because a lot of independent podcasters, I know for a fact, sort of blame the world and blame everybody else. Now, I suppose that kind of links in to yourself. Did you blame yourself? Or did you blame, did you turn the blame on others for your, your alcoholism? I thought at some point, you know, is it worth blaming your lineage? You know, because I I feel like it might be hereditary, you know, it's probably part hereditary, but you know, like, would I have always had this, you know, been inclined to have this? I don't know. Maybe. Um, Is it worth, is there any value to being upset at your family for that? No, because no one gave this to, you know, like, and forced it upon you. It's, it's part of me. And, you know, when you think about blame, that just makes you angry and resentful and, and, you know, that you're harboring this negative and this energy and toxicity and just think, I'm actually glad I am now. Like we, you know, I heard people when I was first getting sober, like I'm a grateful alcoholic. And I just thought like, that's, and that's not possible. Like, I can't imagine ever saying that word. And now I am because in, by doing the steps and by working in recovery, like I'm actually happy now and I wasn't before. And I'm actually know who I am and what I like and what I don't like and all these things that I never knew before. Uh, so I'm actually, I am grateful for my alcoholism because it's made me who I am today. No. A lot of the time, alcoholism and alcohol can affect you mentally. Um, depression, anxiety, X, Y, and Z. Any sort of impact on your mental health over the years? And do you still carry that with you? I, you know, I, I did um, develop anxiety just uh, before I stopped drinking. I started having panic attacks. And, and, and I, I, you know, I think that was probably um, the, the alcohol probably was part of that and probably made it worse. And, you know, it's actually harder to get sober if you suffer from anxiety because everything becomes really, you know, prominent and, you know, they can't, you don't have the alcohol to what you think is doing coping, but it's actually making it worse. Um, but you don't have that. So it, the anxiety can become more clear and more and more prominent and dominant. Um, so, you know, my, that's accurate. I haven't had a panic attack since in almost probably three years now. So it really came out after I stopped drinking, probably because I've been putting alcohol on top of it and not dealing with it and thinking that was helping. 
and not even knowing it was really there. And then since I stopped drinking, it kind of reared, it's really came out and I didn't really know that it was happening or that it had been there all along. And then now I haven't, I haven't had uh, that happen in a, a number of years. So I think it, you know, I've gotten kind of through something there that I didn't even know existed. And did you, did you engage with psychologists, psychiatrists, anything like that? Did you take medication? Any no medication. Sort of coping me- mechanisms. Yeah, no, yeah, um, definitely. Well, being part of a recovery program, you get to be, you know, that's a form of therapy of it in itself. And you get to, you know, you're working on yourself, you're talking to other people all the time, you're, you're engaging with a sort of a community. So that was a huge new thing. I did, I did have a, do have a therapist that I go to. So, you know, there is um, that sort of side where you have, you have to look after yourself, you know, doing it in isolation, um, I think is just, for me, that would never work. Any podcasts out there that you admire at the moment? There's a, an, I mean, there's so many great ones. Um, I have a special connection with Life in Red. Um, Ryan, who hosts that, is uh, local for, for me. Um, so, you know, I've made a nice friend there. Um, I knocking doors down. Those guys are great because of the, they're trying to do something very similar in terms of just openly talking about addiction and mental health and getting the word out. So I, you know, I do have ones that are, um, uh, that I enjoy listening to myself. I have ones that are on sort of outside of the mental health and addiction realm that are more on the, you know, I will go for a walk and listen to something, you know, from Bravo and take me away to, you know, watch what happens live or something like that, something along the, uh, the, comedic lines but for you know i i really appreciate that there's a lot of us trying to do something similar and get the the word out and destigmatize a stigmatized subject now i ask most podcasters this and you've already had interviews with nba players nhl players because of well I'm not saying just because of their alcoholism but that that was a like your starting point is there any other famous person out there that you would really like to have a conversation with be it be it an alcoholic or be it some just from the out. Yeah, for I mean, for sure. Like I came forward because of an NHL player shared his story. Um, that was Bobby Ryan. Right. Um, so he is for sure my number one would like to have. Don't know if that'll ever happen. Gonna just keep that wish but tucked back here and hope that that comes true one day. But um, you know, there's so many people who are. Uh, open about their stories. And I'm just, I'm really happy when anyone says yes to, to my request. Uh, and the rejections can be hard, but uh, um, you know, I have to not just not take it personally and, and go to the next one because there are so many great people who are willing to um, share their story and hope that it helps someone else. Yeah. Well, that is it because it's okay for me to sit here, say to people, don't worry about rejection or like, People can only say no. Like I say that to a lot of people. Look, who cares? They can only say no. Like, yeah. what is the big deal there? Yeah, I've I've been up and down with depression and anxiety for years since I was seventeen, nearly twenty, over half my life. So I, I do get it, but I think I've got to the stage now where I, I I actually feel comfortable giving that, like telling people that, even though I kind of know if somebody is anxious, if somebody doesn't deal with rejection it doesn't really matter what I say but I still give them the same advice I'm not I'm not a trained professional now this is a question that I ask again every podcaster and I've left it to last for you today Becca because I think it might be interesting if you could go back in time to any one point in your life and talk to your younger self 
where would you go and what would you say to yourself? That's a really good question. Um, I think that I would go back to somewhere where I was 18 or 19, somewhere before things got really bad in terms of decision-making, a lot of it to do with drinking. Um, And tell myself that, you know, I don't have to try to be what I think other people want me to be because I think I hadn't, I know I had no self-confidence and no self-esteem. And I think the alcohol made me feel like I was fun or pretty or sexy or whatever. And that just attracted terrible people. And I had that, you know, the, the lack of self-esteem and the alcohol just led to horrible decisions. Yeah. And I, I don't know if it would have changed anything, you know, because I think I was pretty hell bent on doing what I wanted to do or doing what I thought was the good idea. But if I had someone to say that I was worth more than what I was going to be doing, you know, over the next 10 years, it, I don't know. Maybe it would have helped. Maybe it wouldn't have. But that's where I would probably go back to old Becca. Yeah, you're sort of 17, 18-year-old self and give yourself a slap almost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I've enjoyed the conversation, Becca. Um, Thank like you. I said, it's been something that I, I know about, you know about. So um, it's good to sort of um, share that chat. Where can people find you? Uh, Twitter, Facebook, etc. So I just have a Twitter. I it has a as someone with a addictive personality, managing yeah. one social media is, is a hard enough. So it's a, on Twitter, it's at unashamed alk, A-L-C. And then I have a website, um, the unashamedalcoholic.ca. Uh, you can Google unashamed alcoholic, you'll find it. And I'm on my, the, the podcast is on um, all major platforms. I will put the, the links in the show description as well, Becca, so people Excellent. can just click and find you easily. Like I said, I've enjoyed the conversation. It's, um, it's good that people can be op- more open about it now. Um, definitely. Where I come from in Scotland, Glasgow, um, they call it the West of Scotland male attitude, basically, where you just keep things down and that's it. You're a man's man, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's good to be able to just get it out there. And like I said, I enjoyed it. And yeah, good luck. Stay sober. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed it as well. Right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We will uh, speak to you soon. Cheers. Quite the Thing Media, we aim to bring you the best podcasts produced by independent creators, made without constraints.